I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Good to have you here today. You know, in uh, in the church and Christianity, we talk about this idea for forgiveness, this, this need for forgiveness. We should forgive people. Well, that's easy to say, not easy to do always, uh, and there's a lot of questions that that come in there. However, uh, once you are able to walk down that path, it is a path to healing. And uh, we're going to talk about that today, not with just from a theological standpoint or, or, you know, just an idea, a set of nice ideas. We're, we're going to get some, some dirt on our feet as we walk down this road. Today's guest is David Peterson. Uh, and he has a book that is available now. It's called Journey to Forgiveness. Uh, and, and I like the subtitle, which is 21 Miles to Freedom, um, because there's, there's a lot in that title. Uh, and we're going to unpack that because this is a journey that David has had to take. Uh, not one that he chose to take. Uh, well, the, not one he chose to have to start, I should say. Uh, but, but one that he did choose to take. Um, and it it's not it's not an easy thing. So, uh, if you know someone who may be struggling in this area, uh, and I, I just want to say up front, we're not downplaying any horrible thing that has happened in your life. We're not denying it. We're not minimizing it. We're saying it's real. But we're also saying is that there is a journey out of that pain that you're in. So we invite you to hit share. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. Hello, Loretta. Good to have you here. Uh, and if you're watching this later in the replay, we do appreciate your comments, uh, as long as they're nice. David, welcome to Life Today Live. Hey, thanks for letting me be along with you today. Absolutely. And I'm just going to I'm gonna let you go and tell your story to, to a large degree, because I think it's important for people to hear it. Uh, not just the darkness, but the journey out of it to the light, because so many people they just live in, in that pain and it, it's debilitating and, and I want freedom for people and I know you do too. So you start where you want to start and you tell what you want to tell and, and we'll dialogue a bit about it. Well, again, thanks for letting me uh, be on with you today. It's a, a real honor. I'm, I told you before, I'm, I'm just so blessed by your ministry and your family's ministry. Um, I've had 30 years of, of, um, full-time ministry in congregations as well as chaplaincies. And um, I also had 20 years of part-time chaplaincy and hospice. And over the years, I've encountered folks with um, issues of unforgiveness. And um, with that came some of the classic symptoms of um, anger frustration, even um, post-traumatic stress, mm -hmm. um, bitterness, um, always having kind of like this low boiling point um, where your anger is just ready to boil over. And that's very, very destructive to relationships. And um, at, over time, I've encountered, like I said, a good number of folks, you know, 
I don't know about you if you've ever been told, well, you have to forgive someone <laughs> by well-meaning folks, pastors included. But then you go like, well, how? Yeah. And so what I tried to do in this little book was to address the how of forgiveness. That there's really no other way of addressing the how of forgiveness by telling you I'm a very real person. And I myself have encountered um, folks that are very, very difficult to forgive. And perhaps a little bit of what does forgiveness look like? And I, I talk about um, the early steps of forgiveness is just simply when that person no longer takes up space in your brain anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't mind, just to let people know where you're coming from, explain Absolutely. explain why this 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 was something you had to walk out, not just learn in seminary or something. Absolutely. So my story is a very real story. Um, I was born with essential tremors, which means uh, um, deep down in the center of my brain, the thalamus on both sides of my brain. Um, there's electrical activity that sends tremors throughout my arms and my hands. If you're ever familiar with Catherine Hepburn, um, she had it affected not only her hands, but also her, her neck and her head um, and affected her speech. But I grew up with that. I didn't know any other life, but as a result, I encountered a lot of um, harassment, teasing, bullying from fellow students as well as teachers. Mm. Folks didn't know that much about that. You know, folks would say, well, do you have Parkinson's or do you have, you know, are you going through the DTs? And I'd be like, I'm only eight. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, um, so there was, you know, that was very frustrating. But then also there, there came a time in my life when I was 12 years old and, um, I was targeted by a neighborhood pedophile. Mm. And um, that uh, that man used alcohol, pornography, and affirmation at a particular time in my life when I was extremely vulnerable. Mm. Um, my dad was a pastor and he was also in business. And um, he, was, he was very remote at that time in my life um, when I really needed somebody and um, unfortunately, I'm coming to realize that I truly had been targeted and set up. And that relationship um, continued. I continued to be uh, utilized that way for about eight or nine months. So I kept that secret to myself. And by the way, the statistics are one in six men and one in four women have been uh, used for sexual abuse mm. as children. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the effects of that, um, of mine, were kind of typical. Um, self-abuse, shame. Um, there are definitely times where I just did not want to live. Yeah. Then you have, you, you know, even the greatest of Christian homes, and there's just much confusion. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't always speak to the pain that I was enduring. So I didn't uh, come to address that deep pain until about seven years later when I was 19. Mm. 
Mm. And um, it was at that point that my parents, uh, once discovering that, said, well, we're going to get you, you know, the counseling and the care and everything that you need. And they were like, aha, the, you know, things started to you make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And um, so, but it's not until I'm 35 and now, you know, fast forward, I'm married, I have this beautiful wife. And um, at that point, I think we had two out of our four sons. Uh, two more were yet to come. And I just was always, always had this low boiling point and frustration and I wasn't that easy to live with. Yeah. And there were things in my life, you know, I really needed to turn over to the Lord. Like some angry guys, you know, we pop holes in walls or we pound on doors and never pound, you know, hurt physically my wife or my kids. But there is a toll to that kind of energy, mm-hmm. especially negative energy. And I had to realize what kind of relationship do I really want with my wife and my sons? And do I want to have an inti- um, a relationship based on intimidation? Or do I want a, a genuine, transparent relationship that's based on intimacy and connection mm-hmm. and joy? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was at that point I went to my pastor, who's this wonderful, spirit-filled Lutheran pastor. And, you know, he was probably about 50 years older than I was at that point. And he said, how have you learned to forgive? And (laughs) it was funny because, you know, here's a guy who's been in ministry for eons and eons. And he says, oh, I might know a little something about that. And so he gave me three of my 21 um, milestones to freedom. And then um, fast forward even further, uh, as I began to utilize that, those three, I began to learn more and more ways. But it's not until probably about three or four years ago, I'm ministering to a young lady. And I call her young because she was my age. But she's in hospice and she has some very deep pain and deep hurt um, from unforgiveness. She'd been just very, very violated throughout her childhood and early adulthood. Her name was Susan Watts, just a, just a sweet, sweet soul. But she had this, she had this suffering, and so she asked me, well, how have you learned to forgive and it set me back at my heels. And I says, well, I have three ways, and I, there's more ways I've always meant to write them down. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, how do you argue with a woman who's getting ready to go be with the Lord? Mm. So we, week after week, we met together. We talked about a different way of coping and starting the journey of forgiveness. And what we saw together was we saw her... I saw her suffering reduced as we talked together. I really saw Jesus step in and bring the healing, inner healing. Mm. The odds of our death is pretty good, Mm one-on-one. But how we die and having that emotional pain and suffering, um, having 
experienced redemption and encountering where where was Jesus while these things were happening yeah. to you. Yeah. And that that's made all the difference. And so I yeah. put them down on paper and yeah. here you go. Good. Well, and we're going to talk about some of them. We're going to, you're going to get to share the three or as many of the 21 as you want. But I, I have just some, some kind of practical questions to go back. Um, do you still um, struggle with the tremors? Is that something that just never goes away? Oh no, I got it still. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is oh, something yeah. you've you've had to learn to live with and get beyond yeah. the bullying as a child and that kind of thing. And I mean, I'm assuming that your journey has gotten to the point where that's not really a thing for you, or does it still, uh, does it still, does this maybe shame or embarrassment ever come back? Oh well, I mean, there are times. I mean, I. I'm up in front of folks as a pastor and I'm, you know, I might elevate the host for making communion and consecrating the elements. And I'm just like, oh yeah, there's my tremor, but I I feel so affirmed and I feel loved and I have a congregation that loves me and, and I know the Lord loves me and, you know, we're all broken, you know, vessels, but the Lord uses us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I love, I love that you say that. I love to see that. The harder things did just did the uh, did your abuser ever get caught and or punished? No. Okay, I I can imagine that that's a sticking point because God is a God of justice, is He not? And yet, but you know what? <laughs> I I'm trusting that when He stood before an all holy God, um, in need of God's mercy, as all of us are in need that it gave accounting, but you know, the scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And part of my healing was learning to say, I release you from my judgment mm-hmm. and to say, you're under God's, you know, what you've done is for God to deal with. But at the same time, God is a merciful God and we never know what trauma or what the abuser had ever been through in his life that started him on a trajectory in that direction. And that's one of the one also one of the 21 milestones to freedom. If you can't forgive somebody who's big, forgive them when they're small. Mm, mm. Um, for, forgiving my abuser as a fully grown adult male who really should have known better, but had a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a devastating problem. Uh, it was really, really hard, but taking a, a different view and saying, you know, there's one time when that person wasn't so big and so tough was actually only two years old or three years old. And who knows what he experienced in life yeah. that sent him on a trajectory. I, I, I'm guessing that from people that you've talked to, because I know I've talked to some, that that's a hard thing. And, and and there's several, I mean, it's a complex issue in a lot of ways. But one, it, it does, the perspective shift to trusting God's judgment uh, and, and God's justice over our own justice, letting letting that go and, and really saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust that you're a good God and that your justice is is good, it's hard. Uh, uh, yeah, right. So um, is is that something that you 
face when you talk to others who have, who have been through really hurt by somebody unjustly? We, we always have to identify their pain and acknowledge their pain. Um, recognizing what has been taken from a person who can ever fully take in what has been taken from a person in that, you know, in that episode, who can ever take completely take that in? I believe only Jesus on the cross. It's fascinating because only Jesus on the cross could take in the devastation of sin as well as um, become every manifestation of sin, including pedophilia and murderousness yeah. and yeah. adultery and everything. Who completely understands the full accomplished work of the cross? So vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Mm. And um, not everybody is worth trust. Not everybody is worthy of your trust. Mm. And as Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. There's some folks that are not worthy of your trust. Um, and God never intended us to be doormats or to encounter any anything of that pain. But we live in a very fallen world the evidence of our brokenness is overwhelming did you ever feel like the idea of forgiveness or you know not holding someone's sin uh, them accountable for their sins in your eyes did you ever feel like that was minimizing the uh the horrible things that that, that he had done and and that's a that's a really key question there um in identifying it and looking at it um, and recognizing that um, that's part of the pain, but also part of the healing as well. Mm. Um, I, I know the way that uh, my abuser died mm. in his last days and um there's no curse that I could ever generate what that guy went through mm. in his last years of his life. Mm. And my greatest prayer is that he could, he could die and have peace and um, be surrounded by people who loved him and cared for him because he had a family. Mm. Mm. Uh, that I don't I don't think I could do that uh, on my own uh, no oh no 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 <laughs> and that's what I've got to say anyone that thinks this is a you know this is a self-help book oh man I can't tie my I can't tie my shoes without Jesus and there's times I call on him when I do that <laughs> you know I need Jesus help in the forgiveness process when jesus said you know told peter uh you know that that dialogue goes back and forth well how many times do i need to forgive my brother you know seven times mm -hmm. and he says 70 times seven i don't believe that he intended for us to engage in the forgiving process apart from him and he says apart from me you can do nothing mm -hmm. so 
that's good news, bad news, <laughs> you know, and uh, in, in a sense uh, that um, you you can't do it on your own. What what does it look like? Because you know the word journey is in the title of the book, and, and I I know that this is it wasn't a one time thing. Uh, it, mm-hmm. At least it rarely is, if ever. What does that partnership with Jesus, which allows the forgiveness to actually take place, uh, which allows the healing to begin, what did that look like for you? So 21, it was really 21 ways to jump on the forgiveness <laughs> highway. And, you know, my the earliest uh, book covers that I looked at were being created and one of them had this, you know, had this um, highway with mile markers. It had, and then I was looking at this other one that I ended up going with, and I was like, no, <laughs> my journey has not been some smooth highway. <laughs> and, and, you know, the picture of it on the front is, you know, definitely, I think it was taken on the Appalachian Trail. Hmm. And, there are pits along the way and there's crags and there's crevices and there's places to bust your ankle and, and fall off the side. But I wanted to give a number of different ways um, to approach the forgiving journey. And the reason so many is that, you know, you might think of, well, step one is to do this. Step two is to do this. No way. Um, I'm, I really am of the mindset because it's my own journey okay, this one's not working for me today. I need to go on to another one. <laughs> or, you know, I'm really feeling the blues. I need to go to a different one. I'm really angry today. And that's part of it. So you get up in the morning and you say, this is my thing, Lord. I turn it over to you and because I can't deal with it alone. I need you. Okay, so let me ask you that because you, you talk about, you know, places to – twist your ankle places to fall the ups and downs i i know that some people uh i know i've had this attitude of you know when i make a mistake we, we, we're like adam and eve we want to hide you know we want to cover up our, our mistakes yeah. our embarrassment as you have and continue to walk down this journey of, of forgiveness um and trust uh and and really you know seeking joy and peace letting go of the anger, all these, all these things, these deep, deep things. When you fail, when you have that, you know, that boiling up come inside again, when you take it to God, are you met with disappointment, uh, anger, shame, or are you met with something else? And uh, I, I love the fact that yeah, he's with me along the way. And I don't get from him. I, I just don't get, um, I, I don't get that wrath. I don't get that judgment. What I get is just completely embraced. I think that was one of the things, you know, being raised in a Christian home and my dad was, you know, great, great guy. And my parents, wonderful folks. But I kept looking for a God to be vengeful and wrathful. And I kept, I and yet I kept bouncing into this God with open arms and loving and affirmation. I was actually getting really annoyed with them. Because <laughs> so I'm like, no, that's not how I want you to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not a, you know, and it's not until later that I can go like, wait a minute, that, that that's not you. And that's when he, he starts to break in, you know, it's like, I love you with tears in my eyes. And, yeah. and grace and mercy. And that's my journey. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Oh, you, so you mentioned your parents. Um, your dad was a minister. Uh, you've been a pastor, what is it, uh, eight years now? A senior pastor up at Apostles? Yeah, at, yeah. at Apostles, and then I had another 12 in the rural areas okay. in Perry, Perry County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Big shout out. I'll tell you what, I did so much learning out there in the rural rural ministry and I'm, I'm having a blast. My ministry, it's just been such a learning process. It's tough. There are definitely times where it's tough out in the trenches, but. But what what I want to ask is, I mean, you, you said that you needed your dad at a time and he was, wasn't really there for you. Did you, was there some forgiveness necessary, not for something he did, but for something he didn't prevent or didn't do at a time in your life when you needed him? So, you know, um, absence, um, the absent dad, it creates a, a void and fill, you know, unfortunately those voids don't get filled with fluffy little bunnies. Mm. You know, they get filled with question marks and, and, um, distance and sometimes anger and, and you know, especially at a time in my life where you know, sexuality and um, formation. And yet was my dad, you know, he was doing all the right stuff. He's providing for us as a family. He's traveling up and down the West Coast because I'm from Southern California. Mm. And uh, he was one of the leaders in the charismatic Lutheran renewal, as well as a leader in the Jesus movement. Mm. And um, so he's doing all the right stuff. And isn't that, one of the one of the challenges that we have is those who have dedicated ourselves to ministry is uh, you know I keep telling young pastors, hey, don't forget the mission field around your kitchen table. Yeah. Because you know, and we as pastors don't we see that and don't we hear about that from evangelists, um, families. Just keep pursuing uh, each other's hearts, man. Yeah, no, I know. I lived that too. You know, my dad was gone about 300 days out of the year when I was growing up. and But I, I didn't have any, I'm not aware of any, you know, residual kind of things from that. But it is, I, it is easy, you know. I, I think sometimes we take the scripture, uh, talks about leaving your family that was directed towards, you know, the apostles and we kind of, make excuses for neglect uh, in a pastoral sense. And my dad has talked openly about this and, and he still, he still tell me, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in my fifties now. It's all good. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, did you, did you have to, did, did y'all have to have a bit of a, a reconciliation or, or at least some kind of discussion about all that? Well, since you asked, <laughs> appreciate the chance. Um, I told you about, when I finally shared what had been going on in my life when I was 19. Yeah. Uh, I'll try and keep this brief. Um, I had just had my wisdoms out. <laughs> and I was flaked out on the couch. Ah. And dad came in 
and he made some comment and I, I you know I was just looped up on enough pain meds and you have to understand my dad was pretty stern he never talked back he was pretty old school hmm. and had been through World War II he was a veteran and everything and you didn't have anything to say back okay and so he just happened to hit me looped up with enough pain meds and you know pretty upset and so i came about came off of that couch and i got into his face and i go oh yeah you think you know me where were you when I blah, 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 and out it all came tumbling out wow. and I'd worked up. I was, you know, like I was so sick and, and in so much pain. And then I eventually just was like, oh, all I can describe is like a wet dish rag on the floor in tears. Mm. And I just looked up at him and I go, all right, I was disrespectful. Just go ahead and try and knock my block off if you can. And um, he got down on his hands and knees. He threw his arms open to me mm. and he pulled me in. Mm. He bawled. He cried. He said, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I'm so, so sorry. But we're going to get help. All of us are going to get help. And um, that was really where the healing began. Mm, that's, that's, that's tough and beautiful all at the same time. And praise God for his response. Uh, and, and, you know, you. the idea that love covers a multitude of sins, it doesn't mean that it excuses or it hides. It means that it washes over them. It drowns them. They don't not exist. They just are overtaken. Uh, and that's beautiful here. All right. I, I need to let you go, but I, I want you to finish by addressing anyone who's watching this because they're struggling with this and maybe it's sexual abuse. Maybe it's some other form of unforgiveness, but, uh, what would, what would you say to them to, I mean, obviously you've got the book, <laughs> and, you know, a good place for resource for people who really need to dive deep into this, but what, what encouragement would you give them to, cause I have to think that a better life is possible uh, if they can learn the forgiveness. Um, what, what encouragement would you give them today? Success isn't reaching the end of the journey. It's, um, it's just taking the first steps toward, um, toward forgiveness. Hmm. It doesn't mean you have to master it. Um, you are going to have pitfalls. There are going to be better days than others. Um, you're going to find grace along the way. And uh, you're going to find the Lord walking with you that there's so much more. And imagine that you don't, you're going to find that there's less and less for you to carry with each step of the journey. And each of those steps is going to lead you to a closer relationship with those that really matter most. Mm -hmm. Uh, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. And uh, I just wish you joy for the journey and that you'd walk in the fullness. And also that you really is not a journey that you're doing by yourself. Um, and the Holy Spirit is a, is a, 
a rewarder of those who diligently seek him as you're on this journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share about um, Journey to Forgiveness, 21 Milestones to Freedom, and I value you and your listeners so much. Well, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. These are tough things, but this is where the healing begins for people. So thank you, David. Appreciate you. This thank is you so yeah. This is the website. Uh, if you want to follow up with David, it is at uh, davidpetersonbooks.com, and the book is Journey to Forgiveness. And if you need to get a little help and some guidance on your journey, uh, I would invite you to do that. Start it, start it today. Picking up the book will be an easy way to do it. But, but start it uh, because better days are ahead. Appreciate you being here. Hit like, hit follow, hit share, hit subscribe. And I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.